do this one. Just raise one hand and say, say Father, I believe you are here working in me, working in others. I acknowledge you're working, your divine presence. You are so good, so wonderful, so beautiful. You are to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's important that we not just go through the motions of saying things and doing things and not make a connection. You know what I'm talking about? A, a connection. It's a spiritual connection, but it, it, it involves your thinking. You can't be thinking about something else and really make a spiritual connection. Right? It, it's kind of like speaking in tongues. You know, the scripture says... When you speak in tongues, your understanding is unfruitful. What does that mean? That means you don't know what you're saying. Right? Okay. Does that mean at the same time that it doesn't matter what you're thinking? It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. I mean, you very much can stay in the flesh or in the natural realm if while doing a spiritual thing, you let your mind go to something else. So be very intentional. I want to encourage you. Be very, very intentional with your, with your focus, all right? And when, we, when you talk to the Lord, I know sometimes he's hard to picture because we're used to things, but you do whatever you can to put your mind on him while you're speaking to him. You're speaking to a real person. We're not, we're not talking into the air or just reciting, you know, like, like religious folks do. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just saying a prayer. I'm not a fan of, say a prayer for me. That feels a little bit mechanical, doesn't it? As opposed to pray for me. I'm going to talk to him about you rather than I'm going to recite this prayer. Doesn't that, isn't that feel totally different? So I don't want to just recite stuff and go through the motions. I want to get in the face of God and have a conversation and talk to him. Right? I want to worship uh, him, not just sing the song. And the outcome of this totally makes all the difference in the world. It's like that prophecy that came forth. Everything, if I'm remembering right, but everything comes forth out of your closeness with God. Out of that intimate relationship, everything good or everything we are to do successfully comes out of that. Amen. It doesn't come out of just the, the rituals. It doesn't just come out of the recitations of things. Remember, remember Jesus talked about prayer, and, and he, 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 was, he spoke against those who used vain repetition. Now, does that mean repetition is bad? No, it means vain repetition is bad. I mean, there are some things we can repeat. I mean, you can say, I love the Lord or hallelujah or praise God many times in a row and it'd be powerful. Amen. Or you can, say, you can think, well, I got to say this 10 times and then I'll move on to the next thing. And that can mean absolutely nothing. Amen. I know, I know in years past, I haven't heard it lately, but might just because I haven't heard it, uh, but people would come to a church like ours who have more of a, you know, traditional denominational background. And 
and, and had heard that people had come and, and we'd sing some, some, sometimes some simple choruses and we'd sing them repeatedly. And, they would, and people would say, why do you keep singing the same thing? I don't mean they'd say it out loud in the service, but they'd kind of gripe about it later. They just keep singing the same thing. Well, <laughs> because it means something. Right? There, there, there's value in saying certain things. How many husbands and wives say certain things to each other repeatedly over the years? There you go, saying the same thing. <laughs> Can you come up with anything new? Well, if it means something to you, it doesn't matter how many times you say it. It doesn't get old. It's not a vain repetition then. It's not checking the box. I told the Lord he was good. Check. You know, put my money in, sang the song, read the verse. I'm a good person. Yeah, but are you close with your father? Can you say like, uh, like Paul said, I count everything else as dung compared to the knowledge of knowing him. Can you say with Jesus in John 17, this is eternal life, that they may know you and, your, and you the Father and, and your Son, that they may know you. That's really the goal. Amen. And all we do, it becomes vain and meaningless if we don't know him. And try convincing someone else to do what you do if you don't know him. I, what I'm saying is, why, why is you're just another religious voice? Hey, come believe what we believe. Come act like we act. Wear our clothes and do our thing. And, and instead, of, instead of someone who speaks from a heart of, he, you know, like some of the testimonies. I know Brother Frank's testimony. I could, you, can't, you couldn't see him, but I could see it in his face. This is real. He's not quoting something. This is real. Others were too. Uh, This is real. He means this to me. Where would my life be without him? Amen. Very real. And, uh, you know, might have been in in prison without him. Without him. Some others, that may be the case too. Or maybe that's not the case with you. But what would your life be without him? It's good to acknowledge and then tell them, oh, yeah, Lord, I'd be a real jerk. Some of you would be. You've told me. You said the Lord has softened me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a real testimony. Even what? So, you know, maybe your life wasn't a life of crime or, or maybe you weren't diseased and about to die. And some of, some of you were in those situations, but you were just a, a jerk. And now you're not. Or maybe you're just self-righteous. I thought I was a good person. Now I humbly go before God and say, I wasn't. But you've made me you've something special. Turned my life around. Amen. 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 Everybody okay today? Yes. Praise God. You might say, why do you have that mic in your hand? <laughs> I didn't even think about it, honestly. <laughs> now that it's there. We're still free to roam. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Praise God. What should we do next? I said, I have a lot of things I can say, honestly. Spirit of the Lord's here. Praise God. Just want to do the right thing at the right time. Not, not switch gears too soon. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, could, uh, could, maybe you could sing a cappella. Acapulco. Uh, you know that song, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Are we in the right key to do that? All right, there we go. To worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a Sing it again. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Praise God. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight. We worship you. We love you and serve you. Draw close to you. With all of our hearts, we do. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. You're so good. So good. So good to us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. I can sense the Spirit of the Lord is doing something in, in some people. This will seem like a, a beginning to you, like a new beginning, like a new start, a, a, a beginning of new things. Hallelujah. Because you'll be doing some of what you used to be doing, but you'll be doing it from a new place. You'll be doing it from a greater connectivity to the one that you love, to the one who loves you. And out of that will flow God's abundant grace. Oh, hallelujah. He'll make, you, he'll, he'll make it available. He'll make you able and sustain you all the way through. Praise God. Stay close. Stay close. Draw near and stay close. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Let's look at a verse over in uh, 2 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, you know where that is? Right after. <laughs> right after First Thessalonians. Uh, chapter two. Um, this is speaking of the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church and all that stuff. And uh, in verse t- 9, let's start in verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, which we would interpret that as the man of sin or the Antichrist, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Who, who, who gets deceived? Those who are, those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. An interesting way to describe Uh, a lost person, an unbeliever, is the reason they are lost, the reason they become deceived, is because they they don't love truth. They haven't received in themselves a love of the truth. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. One of the reasons deception comes and enters into the hearts of people is because they didn't respond correctly to truth when it was presented. They were given an opportunity. The truth came, but they decided... I don't love that. I love me. I, 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 what I want, what, what I love is, um, as he said here, I love pleasure and really unrighteous pleasure. I like the way I am over what's true. All right? There's a real temptation for every, in anyone, potentially, to love what they want over what's true. And when someone really wants what they want, they love their opinion. They love their stance on something. They take pride in their position, in their their belief about different things. Um, uh, Because of that, they don't want to hear anything different. They close their ears to something that would contradict them, who they are, their identity, their association, the positions they hold. And and that's a very dangerous thing for anyone, especially if someone's, like he's saying here, 
they're lost, they're not saved, they won't ever come to salvation if they value those other positions, their beliefs, their, their deeply held positions, they, uh, what brings them pleasure. If they hold dear to that above the truth, they won't listen to truth, and the end result is they get turned over to uh, what, what, he call, what he calls here strong delusion. I don't know about you, but I don't want strong delusion in my life. And, and if that's possible for someone to be given over to deception or delusion, when is that? I mean, at what point does that happen? Because it looks like it's a specific act. Truth comes, truth comes. God shows, gives opportunity. He shows mercy. He tries to make a way. He sends people to us. He puts other things in front of our eyes. I mean, how many times does that happen before we get turned over to delusion? Where we're, where, where, where we're going to just believe the lie instead of I'm rejecting truth because I prefer this. Now I'm going to actually believe that my preferred position, my preferred lifestyle, my preferred belief is actually right. And then I turn towards those who are bringing the truth and say, you're the bad person. Listen, people don't get there overnight. But it is, it is, the, uh, it is a great deception, I think, for any of us to believe or think that we could never be tricked. Or we could never be deceived to the point where we would embrace something that's totally not true. That can happen with anyone. What's the solution? Or what's the guard against it? It is our love of truth. Where we take our position before God and say, I want what's, because Jesus is the truth, right? I want you. I want what you say. I want what is right, what is real, what is accurate, precise, and true, and righteous, and holy. I want what's of you, even if it messes with me. Even if it changes the way I think, or the way I live. God forbid. You know, see, that runs crosswise. So we can talk plain to this group, right? That runs crosswise to what our society tells us today. Everything is about acceptance. Accept me. Embrace me. Love me the way I am. Well, what if you're lost? What am I going to do? Love you right into hell? Saying, you're okay. You don't need to do anything different. Your beliefs are just as valid as mine. Your, your truth is just as good as God's truth. Now, I can't say that to someone if I really love them. See, but, but, but deception sneaks in and people embrace these ideas above the truth. Therefore, eventually they can't even see it. And you know the principle, the principle of revelation is, is if you want more, you have to act on what you have. In order to go further, you have to do something with where you are. You walk in the light and he gives you more light. We can't be sitting back and say, yeah, that's pretty good, Lord. Show me more. No, do something with more. And then he'll show us more. Right? 
That, that's always the position we value, we hold dearly, every, hold precious every word from God, every truth that comes our way. We, we, we value it, and then he says, give that person some more. Give them some more. Give that person some more. Show them more. Open their eyes. Let them have more sight. Right? So that works in the positive. It also works in the negative. If truth comes to me, and it's like, that's uncomfortable. I don't like it. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yield to that. Then what happens? You don't get more light. You get less. What has been revealed actually becomes diminished. Everybody okay? This is, this is, this is so important that, that, we, that we recognize the value of loving truth. And, and again, loving truth. It's easy to say it. Oh, yeah, I love the truth. But loving truth above. Above our opinion, our position, our life. Above anything else. Uh, two ditches that people get in when God wants to move them on to further light and revelation. One ditch is, is the concept of wanting to hear something new. You might be familiar with the passage in Timothy about people with itching ears and uh, they're just wanting to hear something new. N- not just new, true. <laughs> There's a danger in just, oh, did you hear this? Have you heard this one? Especially when it comes to spiritual reality and, and studying the scripture. This is brand new. I haven't heard this. We're not looking just for new. We're looking for true. Now, that doesn't mean something can't be new to you and it be exciting. Because that can be very real. But just new is dangerous. Amen. We want to make sure what we're seeking after is true. This is where some people, let me illustrate this way. Uh, Some people in our day go, they get off in the realm of prophecy. I'm not talking prophecy end times, you know, tribulation, all that kind. I'm talking prophetic utterance, inspired utterance. some people get off in that realm into, ditch, into the ditch because of that itchiness for new. I, need, I, just, I'm just, I just so much want God to speak to me. I just so much want to hear a word from God that they go pursuing a word from God and, and through other people. And people go too far with that. And then before you know it, they're prophesying out of their own mind. They're saying things that the Lord didn't say. Or the Lord does give them a word and they turn it into a paragraph. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's the new, it's shiny, it's fresh, and I got a new word. And people record all their prophecies that, they, that people give them. And, and again, you know, that's fine if it's real. Because there is another ditch. It's on the other side. I don't want to be in that ditch either. Well, there's no, no inspired utterance. There's no prophecy. There's no tongues and interpretation. There's no, there's no words from God. That's a ditch too. 
but we got to watch out for that that new the, the other the other ditch if 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 one if one ditch is seeking new over true what would be the other ditch it doesn't rhyme but it's old over true yeah. old over true that's a real ditch in other words that might look like uh I'm not even open to advancements yeah. or further revelation right. or a deep, the deeper things of God because I'm comfortable here. Yeah. There are many, many Christians, and they're real Christians. I'm not talking about, you know, their eternity, but they're real Christians, but they're stuck in that old ditch. Yeah. And they're not moving. <laughs> and... You know, but it makes me wonder if you moved into the service. Otherwise, why would I even say this? But you're too much holding on to old tradition. Again, if it's a biblical tradition, I'm not saying throw that out, but too much holding on to the old ways. This is the way I've always done it. This is the way I've, this is the only way I've known it. This is my experience. This is the way I grew up. This, you know, that type of thing. And it's too much. And it's not a scripture. It's a style. And sometimes people in the old category don't want to have anything that challenges or disrupts their life. I'm fine. I'm doing okay. I'm going to heaven. I just, just leave me alone. You know, that, see, that's, that's a ditch, though. And it can become a deception. It can become a, a pride in someone's life where they're so wrapped up in the old way of doing it, their old tradition and style, that they won't step into a freshness of what God is doing here and now. So I believe we're, we're close to the end of all things. Amen. All things are going to be wrapped up. We need to be in the middle of God's will. We need to have an ear to hear. We need to have a heart that is, that is willing to be moved by the Lord. Are you with me in this? Yes. Meaning, you've never done it before, but you might. Or if the Lord moves on you, you will. Hallelujah. I mean, how many people, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people have come out of uh, where you were a Christian at one time in your life, but you knew nothing of the Holy Spirit, you knew nothing of the fill, infilling of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, and anything like that, and then it was presented to you or you came in contact with this information and you had a choice to make. It's like, oh, wow, this is different. This is, <laughs> this is interesting. You know, you heard someone speak in tongues or talk about it or something like that or prophecy or, you know. I know, I know, when, you know when we call things out by words of knowledge and all that, I know that weirds some people out, but I'm more willing to risk it. Because if it's God, people will be helped. People will be healed. People will be set free. But I realize some people are going, tilt. They've heard something about those people. Those people that believe in that healing stuff and, and, and all that. I, but maybe some, some of you have come and you came to that place and you had a choice to make whether to embrace true or embrace you. See, there's another rhymer, right? But you, you decided true over you, meaning your own ways and your own comfort. You said, man, this is God. I don't, man, my head's spinning, but this is God. I want this. 
This is for me. I want this. And you stepped over into something glorious. And you received and you were filled and your mind opened up to new concepts and new things from God's word. And I tell you guys, none of us have exhausted his, his word. None of us have exhausted any one verse of scripture where we've come to the end. And again, I value true over new and definitely true over old. Because the enemy works in the realm of deception. In the realm of darkness, deceit, trying to keep true, true things away from us. Why would he do that? What would be the, the end result of, of us not embracing, seeing, and then embracing true statements? The end result is bondage. If you never hear the truth of Jesus, the Savior, and the Lord, it's bondage forever, separated from God in hell. But even in the believer's life, truth is, should still be so highly treasured and valued and loved by us because the absence of it produces all kinds of bondages. Okay? Bondage in, in what way? Well, think about it in so many ways. Obviously, if you're talking about uh, the truth about healing, the absence of that truth will lead to sickness and disease and possibly premature death. Truth in that area brings freedom. A lot believing the wrong thing will make you sick or keep you in a diseased condition. But truth will free you from that. It's so powerful. Okay? Uh, lies and deception in regards to our finances. You know, what will that do? Well, there, there are, I mean, too many, too numerous for me to give examples of right now. But even in the realm of giving, you can see two ditches. One, one lie that'll keep people in bondage financially is not giving enough. And watch, another lie is giving too much. Say, so, well, you can't outgive God. <laughs> well, of course you can't, but you can't outgive yourself. I mean, you can go beyond where you are. Most people are not, God is not telling them, give it all, like the rich young ruler, right? But some people, they could be actually become afraid of, I don't want to disobey God, or I don't want to be, uh, you know, materialistic. Give it all. <laughs> well, are you supposed to do that? But on the other side, you remember the proverb says, there, uh, uh, there is, uh, how does it say it? Um, there is the one who gives and withholds too much. Le yeah, leads to poverty. Not an exact quote, but you can find it if you look. But you, but you, you, hold, you withhold. The person who holds on to too much, the end result is poverty. So what is that? That's bondage. What does the bondage stem from? Believing something that's not true. I better hold on. I better not give what I'm being directed to give. The end result is poverty. You can see why Satan would lie to people. Why he would lie to people about, you know, those churches just want your money. Well, that's a common belief in the world. Why is that lie propagated? To keep people in bondage. Because someone becomes generous? The liberal soul, not politically liberal, the you know, what I'm talking, the generous soul shall be made rich, is what the scripture says. 
the generous soul will be made rich. That's a truth. He lies to people about their value. If I don't have truth about the value, my value to God, I could go through life feeling uh, insignificant and unworthy and, and feeling unimportant and like I don't matter. The, uh, our personal value, how is your personal value to God measured? I see the greatest way to measure it is by looking at the price he paid for us. That's the precious blood of Jesus. He gave his own son to die. I think you're pretty valuable. Because <laughs> he did it for each and every one of us. Whenever you feel like your life is insignificant, unimportant, it doesn't matter, I want you to know you matter so much to God. And he paid the same price for you that he paid for, you know, the most noble and the most successful and the most lofty person on the planet. You cost the same amount. But the enemy wants to, 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 to lie to us about that. But if I embrace the truth, all of a sudden, like, yeah, yeah, praise God. He has done something very special in me. He lies to people about um, oh, so many things, but about, the, about their own identity. That's a big one these days in our culture now. It's tons of people being lied to. You're a fill-in-the-blank. They're messing with our children now, right? Letting boys think they're girls and girls think they're boys. That's, a, that's demonic, you guys. What's the end result? Bondage. Twist their minds up. Confuse them. So, that from a, so they, the whole lives they can be twisted and confused. I was talking to... Uh, my sister, I guess I can say who it is. Amy's getting ice cream, so she's... <laughs> you know how I look over to her to see if it's okay. <laughs> Should I tell this? This is not live anyway. Uh, my, si my sister, when she was here recently, uh, uh, she said she has three brothers. I'm one of them. She was the youngest in the family. And uh, she's the only girl. And she was, we were just talking recently. She said, yeah, when I was, a little, I, I was a little kid, I wanted to be a boy. I said, you did? She said, of course. I had three brothers. I wanted to do what you guys did. She was maybe what a lot of people call a tomboy. She just wanted, but I thought, isn't that interesting? If you had that, and she has never had any trouble or confusion her whole life. You understand what I'm talking about? But now, if she were in certain parts of our country and, and under certain influences, someone would, try to would have tried to convince her that she really was one. See how dangerous that stuff is? They take people who don't struggle and they throw this confusion in them. You can see, though, you just study all the, the works of the enemy, how demonic that is. You can see the source of it. It's to ruin people. It's to crush their souls. That's why we have to embrace truth. Sometimes embracing truth means someone else will attack you too. Someone else will call you something you're not. Right? But what's the word? What's the word we read in 2 Thessalonians? Two words. Second one was truth. First one was love. I have to love the truth more than I love someone else's opinion. I have to love the truth more than I love my feelings. 
Why? It leads to freedom. Well, I just need to be who I am. You need to be who the Lord says you are. That is the only belief that the outcome will be freedom. The other is a deception, and you'll embrace who you feel you are, someone else tells you that you are, and the result will be bondage. Hallelujah. Everybody okay today? <laughs> See, this, uh, this, this uh, turning people over or uh, the language that, that was used there about, um, about deception, delusion, it's used in Romans chapter 1 as well. When people resist the truth, they get turned over to believing lies. It's a, it's a real thing that happens. It's spiritual in, in nature, but when someone chooses the wrong thing over what's right, they're presented options and they say, no, I don't want God. No, I don't want his truth. No, I don't, I don't want to change. I don't want to embrace that. Then they get turned over and then that is a dangerous place to be because now they literally become deluded and they believe they're right about something that's wrong. That potentially could happen to anyone. Again, I think our safety in a lot of this is we love the truth. Amen. You know, John wrote in one of his letters, uh, I think it's third John, he said no, no greater uh, value or something I have than my children love the truth. He said, who's his children? His spiritual children. He said, when they love the truth, ah, yes. Why would he say that? Because he saw so many people in his day being deceived. So many people were following after this lie and this lie. See, these, we think we live in crazy times. There have been lots of crazy times through history. Indeed, we do live in one. But it's not the first one. Same devil has been trying to twist people's minds to hold them in bondage uh, for many, many years. Amen. But listen, you guys, if we will... Again, draw close to him. Our love is for him. But part, if you're going to love God, I mean, how does that work? If I, if I really love God, I love everything he says. I love everything about him. I, I positionally love things I don't know about. I love you, Lord, and whatever you say, even though I don't know some of what you're going to say yet. I mean, no, it takes faith to say that. I mean, if you're married, you did that. I'm going to love you for all of my days. We are tight. We are one together. And you are, there's a whole bunch of, thing of things about that person you don't know yet. Well, we dated for two years. <laughs> they're, more, they're deeper than two years. <laughs> right? But, but many of us have done, have done that. We jumped headlong in. <laughs> and we committed our lives to someone. And uh, by faith. I'm going to love you even though I'm probably going to find out some things that maybe aren't lovable. <laughs> Good thing is with the Lord, he doesn't have any unlovable things. But still, we commit to our lives to him and we say repeatedly, I love you, I follow you, so you speak to me, I'll do whatever you say. That commitment is valuable to God because he might say, tell you to do something that you didn't know he was going to tell you. <laughs> you ever had that? <laughs> Lord, I'll go anywhere. How about here? Well, uh, well, I'll do anything. How much you want to give? How much you want me to give? Uh, you got any other 
Any, uh, any, anything else? <laughs> I'm listening. I'm still listening, Lord. I, 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 I don't want to be deceived here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we love the truth and we, we say, okay, yep, you're right. And the end result of truth is freedom. You know that verse in John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. If truth makes you free, lies bring bondage. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in here. Lord, we love you. We serve you.